great wall. It's the only barrier keeping the world safe. Mother of God. What is it they want? To feed. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And this is our 50th episode of the Weekly Real. We made it, Ken. (laughs) And we're going to be talking about one of the greatest movies of all time because it has the word great in it. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Great Wall <laughs> there you go. for, there for you our go. 50th episode. Uh, some people wanted High School Musical 2. Some people wanted a uh, Christopher Nolan movie. When I mean some people, maybe I thought I was thinking me. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. We're, we're going to be talking about the Great Wall today. Like, are you excited to talk about the Great Wall? <laughs> uh, you know what? I feel like this is going to be a really interesting episode. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, because obviously I hadn't seen this movie, spoiler alert, for this episode itself. Uh, but this is uh, one of your guilty pleasure movies, right, Jeremy? It is. It is. That's why we, I had to bring it here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, we're so we're we're adding to our guilty pleasure series. Um, I guess it, it a series that we've kind of done every what ten or so episodes. We've done what Mean Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done High School Musical. What else have we done? Uh, um, the Notebook. The Notebook. Yes, I think yeah. that was that the last one. That may have been the last one. Yeah, we kind of got sidetracked with a lot of new movies in season two and in the beginning of season three. So this is your turn. This is your second guilty pleasure movie. So I'm really hyped. It's a different type of guilty pleasure movie than our first three. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely get into that, but just like with every other episode, the other 49 episodes, let's get into our podcast ritual where we talk about one notable movie or TV show that we watched in the last week. And Ken, what do you have for the 50th episode? Ooh, Oh, this was a, a lot of pressure. Um, and you know what? Truthfully, I will say that I kind of procrastinated a little bit. It was a bus- another busy week, but I was able to at least start a movie. And so the movie that I do want to share on the uh, for the podcast ritual for our golden episode is uh, it's a movie on Disney Plus. We're s- mm. They're not sponsored by them. It's Jungle Cruise ah. starring Dwayne Johnson, Emily Blunt, and, you know, we're about to talk about a Matt Damon movie. So why not mention a movie that stars a Matt Damon lookalike in Jesse Plemons? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I have to throw in a little bit of a connection uh, between John Cruise and, that's, yeah. and, and The Great Wall. That was the best I could do. <laughs> How was that movie, though? Because I still haven't watched it and I thought it was on Disney Plus. Would you recommend um, I can't fully recommend it just yet um, mm. because I started it really late last night and I was like, oh, man, it's starting to get late. And um, I got an early day at work. Uh, I've watched about a half an hour of the movie, uh, but I I think it's been entertaining. I, I, I've actually liked it so far and I'm actually looking forward to watching it after we're done um, recording this episode so I could have something to watch 
while I eat dinner or whatever. Uh, but Emily Blunt has been really entertaining so far. And dude, The Rock has just been, you know, The Rock. So, mm. um, you know, you being a huge Rock fan, I, f- I have a I feeling am. that you would at least find it like an as an entertaining popcorn movie. Ooh, um, okay. Think a little bit like Indiana Jones like type, uh, you know, that f- whole feel. Mm. Okay. Yeah, definitely when you're done with with that, definitely hit me a t- hit me up with the text, tell me yeah. if I should watch it. Yeah. I was like I almost want to watch it in theaters but didn't get a chance to. Yeah, I know. It was, it was during that time where there was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I remember for both of us uh during I think it was around season 2 of the the podcast or even actually during our uh hiatus. Mhm. Uh I'm going to be throwing out a different movie. Because this is our 50th episode. I almost wanted to mention Hawkeye because I was really looking forward to the show. But if you want to know my thoughts, go listen to the last week's uh, Newsreel episode. So I watched, you're going to appreciate this, I think. Um, I watched it for the second time ever. 500 Days of Summer. Yes. (laughs) Prime video, right? Prime video. (laughs) I only know that because I recently watched it too. (laughs) Freaking hey, dude, that movie's too good. Dude, it still holds up, man. Yeah. Um and what was it? 20, 2009, right? Two thousand nine? Yeah, I don't know why I said I don't know why I said twenty oh nine. Yeah, two thousand nine, man. Dude, that movie it, it hits you because it's like just right off the bat, it's like this is not a love story. I'm like when I watched it for the first time, I'm like, man, this guy's lying. And then <laughs> then I watched the rest of the movie, I'm like, dang, he wasn't lying. And yeah. watching it again, knowing kind of knowing what's gonna happen again, um, it's such a good movie. The characters just feel so real. It was. Um, um, I could see both sides of it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, man, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I have a lot of mixed feelings uh, because obviously, you know, sometimes you identify with uh, with uh, Tom's character, which yeah. is played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And then sometimes you uh, identify with uh, Summer, who's played by D- Zoe Deschanel, and you can kind of see it on both sides. Because I mean, uh, we won't give spoilers. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, just, just like like uh, just like real people, they have likable traits and they have unlikable traits. Yeah. But for the most part, you're just like you, you're you you understand them because you've you can see yourself in both characters. You know what I mean? Yeah. The thing the thing I. Uh, appreciate about that movie is the storytelling aspect. They got so creative with the way they presented the story. And obviously they did a lot of the time jumps and everything. Um, kind of a minor spoiler, but because it, it's nonlinear, but man, like in terms of the way they presented it, like uh, as, as far as like just filmography, cinematography and that whole thing, Mm-hmm. It's really well done, and it's uh, it doesn't seem like a very high budget movie. Yeah. So if if you guys, if the listeners haven't seen Five Hundred Days of Summer, I know um, my roommate he hasn't watched it. Mm-hmm. He says he hasn't watched it in a long time, but I'm I have a feeling he's never watched it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, dude, you gotta watch this movie, man. It's gonna hit you, dude. It's still one of it's honestly up there in terms of one of my favorite movies of all time, actually. I can I, see it, that. It, and I don't know why, but it's <laughs> it's got this rewatchability, you know. It, I feel like you you pick up on certain things like with every watch. Yeah. Yeah, I was like screw the notebook, let's watch 500 days of summer. 
Nah, yeah, this uh, that was yeah. a good choice, man. Hey, I appreciated that for sure. Last week, though, just to end that little me- melodrama a little bit, um, <laughs> last week we did talk about part seven of our MCU rewatch, uh, and we did run a poll about it. So, Ken, what was uh, the poll for our MCU rewatch? Yeah, so uh, for episode 49, again, just to remind everyone, part seven, we covered Avengers Infinity War, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, and Captain Marvel. Uh, the poll that we ran was related to mainly Avengers Infinity War, so that uh, question was who had the best storyline in Avengers Infinity War and so the choices that we presented out there were the Gamora uh, and Star-Lord uh, storyline hmm. Thanos' storyline Thor and then Wanda and Vision's storyline and we left it open-ended for any I mean because obviously <laughs> Infinity War had so many characters uh, we left it open-ended for uh, write-in votes and so the results were in, and at 56%, Thor uh, mm. actually kind of ran away with it. I was actually surprised that um, I, with how far he actually won, I, I would have thought that Thanos maybe would have at yeah, least made same. it a little bit more closer. But uh, we did get writing votes, and most notably, surprisingly for me, and I'm a huge Iron Man fan, I, I was a little surprised that Iron Man was uh, got a vote. Uh, for Infinity War, when I thought he was more of a background character, which is strange to the, tr- kind of strange to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I feel like, weirdly enough, I think a hot take would be like the Gamora and Star Lord storyline, but it was a good storyline. I think people focused just too much on the the Star Lord ruining his own plan part, but I think overall, just like their their that story, and then ultimately ending with Gamora dying. Is like yeah. such a good storyline in Infinity War. Oh, I know. That's why I put it in there. I was like, yeah. dude, that was good. I, it was uh, one of the storylines that I kind of almost forgot um, when we were kind of talking about that that uh, that topic last week's in last week's episode. Yeah. So if you want to participate in our episode related polls, you can uh, find it on Twitter and Instagram every Tuesday. And uh, what's our Instagram and Twitter handles? Ken? It is at Weekly Real for both Twitter and Instagram. All right. For our 50th episode, just like I said, we're going to go into the Great Wall. So this is your spoiler warning for the Great Wall if you've never seen it before. Or if you, I guess, you, if you just don't care <laughs> um, and just want to listen to us rant about the Great Wall or praise the Great Wall because it is a guilty pleasure of mine. But right now, I think it's streaming on Hulu or FX Now. It's it's kind of goes everywhere. I think the first time I watched it was on HBO Max. So go check all your streaming services. So it could be anywhere, really. Yep. So if you don't know, The Great Wall is about a pair of European mercenaries that encounters a secret army that maintains and defends the Great Wall of China against a horde of monstrous creatures. And apparently, it stars Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to go straight into the double feature because it's kind of like our new thing here in in Season 3. We didn't get to do this early on. I think uh, the show has evolved over 50 episodes. It has a lot. It has a lot. We we try a lot of different things. (laughs) Some things don't work. Some things do. Uh, And I, I like the double feature because it helps us to be a little bit more spontaneous, keeps us on our on our toes a bit 
So I have a question that Ken doesn't know what he's gonna, you know, what I'm gonna ask him, and he has questions that he's gonna ask me that I have no idea what he's gonna ask. So, but I'm gonna for my question, I'm gonna bring back a, a season two, oh. you know, because a season two, a season two question, because you know this is our fiftieth episode. Binger cringe, Ken. <laughs> yes, yes. There we go. Binger cringe. So I want to know if if you need some time, I can always go first. Uh, like what's one moment that's binge worthy and what's one moment that's cringe worthy? Uh, dude, uh, binge worthy. Uh, Pedro Pascal for me yeah. has always <laughs> been a favorite of mine. Uh, obviously, uh, I think the you know when he became um I guess front and center on my radar as far as watching TV or movies was obviously in Game of Thrones in season four as Oberyn Martell. Hmm. Um, and he just absolutely killed that performance uh for a full season and i kind of wished it was longer uh spoiler alert for game of thrones Uh, but uh (laughs) he was he was so good i felt like he was just channeling his inner oberon martell in this whole movie uh especially after he got his haircut because he really did look like oberon martell um and so i just loved his performance it was just so good yeah, Pedro Pascal. I gave uh, like just him walking through the desert gave me Mandalorian vibes. Also, <laughs> yes. I was like, oh, okay. I know. I was like Din Djarin in the house. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, let's. I'll tell you my binge worthy thing, so you can get a chance to think about your cringe worthy. Um, I was gonna say the the soundtrack. Actually, it's Ramen Jawadi. Actually. <laughs> so, I didn't surprisingly, that. oh shoot! <laughs> I was like, I was getting kind of hyped when um, you know the the first major action sequence was happening on the Great Wall. I was like, dang, this is actually pretty sick. I wonder who did the music, and it was uh, it's Ramen Jawadi. So, like another callback to what Game of Thrones, Westworld. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying, man. Ramen Jawadi. I mean, we talked about him a few weeks ago on our Eternals episode. Man, Raman Jawadi's, uh, I think, top five for me in terms of composers. For sure, top ten, as good as top five. You know, Hans Zimmer's up there, John Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, who else is up there? That's a good question. I, I know there's blanked. a couple that just kind of escape my, my head right now. But, I mean, even like for us Halo fans, Mar- Martin O'Donnell, Marty yeah. O'Donnell. Yeah. So good. Uh all right, so do you have a, a cringeworthy moment that you want to mention? Oh, man. Because uh, <laughs> I know I have some. Uh, the, yeah, there's... Uh, there's a guilty. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll mention one. Okay. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, you only ask for one. But, man, mm-hmm. some of the dialogue was pretty bad Yep. Uh, on, on this. It, it, you know, like for some of the movies, especially that we covered in season two, and I'm looking at UF9 looking at you army of the dead i'm looking at you uh, mortal Kombat. oh yeah um the way they framed a lot of the and you know like the exposition again they it fell into the trap of someone asking a really like obvious question <laughs> so that they can advance the plot or explain like what's going on i it's just a pet peeve of mine that i guess doing this podcast is just magnified this whole pet peeve of mine mm. and they man great wall does takes it to another level it was pretty bad <laughs> and then <Yeah>. um <laughs> obviously they even had to you know i i did like that how they uh added a uh, mandarin as 
uh, the primary language for obviously the uh, the locals, uh, you know, the the army and everything. But man, I don't know. Like I, some of the English dialogue <laughs> was pretty bad, um, and so yeah, I'd say the dialogue was probably the most cringy part of this movie. Yeah, I I could definitely see that because rewatching it this time, I was like, man, this movie is mostly just about getting to the next action sequences. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, dang, we're getting to the next action sequence already. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's always like something like alarms are going off everywhere. Someone's like running, screaming. I'm like, in a way, that I, I feel like that's what's exciting about this movie is that it's always, it, it, it tries to keep moving. Uh-huh. Uh, at least, but like when it does slow down, <laughs> it's like, dang, it's really like, yeah, some of the dialogue just fall, falls really flat. It's like super cliche. Ooh, very cliche. I felt a lot of the stuff w- was like, I don't know, that acting seemed like really off, even for like a great actor like Matt Damon. I felt like some of his one, like, it felt like some of his one liners just felt like, they just shot it just so that he could get the one-liner, and it felt a little disjointed and not really related. It, it was weird how it was dis- how it, disconnected it felt. It was weird, like um, Matt Damon's choice of accent for this movie too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, why did you choose that one? I'm just wondering. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh man, it's not a serious movie. You just, I don't know. He had some, he had he had some interesting looks too. Yeah. His hairy look in the beginning, obviously, and then even when he shaved, he had that weird hair going on with his uh, man bun ish. Yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, I I'm gonna say the um, my cringy part is actually right. the character of uh, Ballard, Will, Willem oh. Dafoe's character. Oh my God, right. yes, <laughs> because it's like when you t- you, you get Willem Dafoe. But then get just have him <laughs> basically just like this useless character that just it's like uh, for no reason they're trying to escape, I guess. <laughs> Again, even though there's like guards on them all the time. And sometimes the guards, they, they don't care or whatever. But even though they're guarding freaking gunpowder is basically what it is, right? So, Pretty much. Uh, explosive uh, grenades and all that stuff. They're just laying around all easy. And the armory is just like in one place behind like a door. Um, but yeah, just that character in general. And I, I wish that Tovar, uh, Pedro Pascal's character was there at the final battle. I don't know. Yeah, just cause yeah. I act like one of the binge worthy things. I actually think it was the dynamic between Matt Damon and Pedro Pascal. Like I did their, like that. Yeah. Their chemistry yeah. was actually pretty good. I would like to see them in something like, more like you know a buddy a buddy a cop, buddy cop. <laughs> yeah something you know something like that something where they can like kind of play uh, off each other play off each other a little bit more because yeah. yeah. that's what carried i think the the first half of the movie too i agree um and just to add to your ballard point um dude like the remember remember during the first battle and remember uh <laughs> uh william and and uh tovar are still like shackled right and they're just like just sitting there uh, on the wall. Why were there so many cutaway shots at freaking Ballard? (laughs) And he's just looking all like, uh, he just looked like a creeper. And I don't know why they kept like, 
panning over to him like five or six times and he yeah. was he when he when he wasn't even doing anything it was it was strange yeah it was just him like peeking around a corner <laughs> for like like six shots and then even when they were um were freed and they went into like the the dining hall pretty much and then mm. ballard's like in the freaking rafters <laughs> yeah, just staring at everything that was happening i'm like why is this character like this man it's like it's it's uh, freaking Willem Dafoe. Just I think that's why they, he had so much screen time. I wish he had less. Yeah, I mean, but at least we got the, we got a little bit of a glimpse of the Green Goblin r- right in his final moment. With yeah. The, no. No. <laughs> yep. That was that that almost made it worth it though, because <laughs> dude, Willem Dafoe, whenever he does that, when he goes crazy, it's always good times with his facial expressions. Yeah, it's just like Nicolas Cage, man. You need the freak ass from both of them. Yeah, dude, so good. <laughs> All right, for um, my half of the double feature, and so I know this is one of your guilty pleasure movies, mm. and so you know, obviously, you know, you must have liked it at least on your first uh, viewing. And so I guess my question to you, and this is more of a personal question, hmm. was did, did The Great Wall on your first screening, did it actually um, remind you of a combination of TV or movies or anything like that? Anything that you had watched in the past? Like, was there like inspirations as to why you actually thought it was a pretty good popcorn flick um, to the point where, hey, we're, we're talking about mm. it on a podcast. I see. Ah, all right. So, yeah, I did like this movie mostly because of the action, right? And okay. kind of like the, the the concept of the whole thing where it's like this, um, this story, like a legend and all that stuff. And you got this, like, great army and they're all, like, colorful. And I don't know. It just, everything looks really good to me. Yeah. So uh, I find... That it it reminds me a lot of Assassin's Creed, mm, and you know okay. Assassin's Assassin's Creed the movie, it wasn't very good, <laughs> uh, to say the least. But then again, I probably like it more than most. But with this movie, I think it reminds me of Assassin's Creed, just that era where they use older weapons. A little, you know what it also reminds me of, um, which I played a lot on PlayStation Two. Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can definitely <laughs> just, see that as well. <laughs> just like you know, button smashing uh, video game. I, that's what it just reminded me of it. Just it, it was mindless fun, mm-hmm. and I think if it if it didn't have Matt Damon in it, I probably wouldn't have checked it out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Matt Damon's like was able to like get me into this movie, and I think overall I still give it like you know a good fresh score. Over okay. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> okay, uh, and you know what? Obviously, you know we're we're teasing it now. We will, you know, hand out our "I Love You" three thousand word where you, you know, we basic you basically will find out what we thought of the movie and everything. And so, to answer my half of the double feature, uh, the reason why I ask is, you know, I'm obviously watching it five years later. This came out in sixteen or seventeen. I think it's I sixteen. Sixteen. I think it's sixteen. I was like, dude, it's weird that it's reminding me a lot of a lot of different things for me. Obviously, you know, mm. the I mean, I mentioned Game of Thrones already and, you know, the fact that it's on the Great Wall, it reminded me of the Battle on the Wall. I think is one of the episodes that you did actually watch um, before you stopped your actual Game of Thrones mm. um, watch. Yep. 
But it also kind of reminded me a little bit of World War Z with how like the uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know how, like obviously the zombies are like moving like hella fast in World War Z and then they're walking all I guess running all over each other and the Tao Te in this movie were kind of doing the same thing. But last but not least, and because you know I gotta throw in a season two reference, mm-hmm. it kind of remind me a little bit of Army of the Dead. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously the Tao Te where it, it just reminded me a little bit of, of the zombies, you know, and, and, you know, that's why I kind of also mentioned the um, World War Z, but I felt like some of the, um, some of the similarities are kind of there with like, just, just kind of mindless monstrous type of things. And you just got to be able to survive. It's that whole thing. Yeah. And I also have a soft spot for like uh, leading characters that are archers. I love uh, the bow and arrow. Yeah. That's why it's like Hawkeye. You got what Katniss, and I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the 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 recent Tomb Raider movies and um, the video games and all that stuff. So it's like I don't know. I, I just gravitate towards it. I'm like, dang. If uh, if they were making a live action Green Arrow, it's like I don't know. Someone look at Matt Damon <laughs> or uh, Katie from uh, Shang Chi. Yeah. <laughs> I was cringe. I was cringe. You know me. That was one of my cringy moments of freaking Shang Chi. I know. I know. That's why I had to. I had to troll you on that one. Damn. (laughs) All right, but this is a bit of a infamous Matt Damon movie. I I wanted to throw out our audience question right now. If you guys want to participate, let us know. I want to ask, what is your least favorite Matt Damon movie? Because uh, I think we're pretty big fans of Matt Damon. We like most of his stuff, but I think That's... it's always an interesting question to ask. Like, what's what's your least favorite Matt Damon movie, Ken? All right. Well, the... I <laughs> it's hope we're thinking think... the same thing. I, I'm curious to see, yeah, if we are thinking about the same movie. Only because when I read this uh, on the on your outline, when when you, <laughs> when you released it, I was like, okay, one movie came out. Uh, in in it popped in my head, but I had to double double check his filmography on IMDb just to make sure I didn't miss anything, and I didn't. I immediately thought of the informant. Really? I really did not like the movie. No, I I, I fell asleep, uh, and I was actually pretty hyped because obviously it's a Steven Soderbergh movie, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I guess I just wasn't ready for that movie when I screened it the first time. I don't know. Maybe if I watch it again, I, I might like it. But as of right now, with December first, I'd say the informant. Ooh, I haven't seen it yet, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was gonna go with a recent, more recent uh, Matt Damon movie called Downsizing. Oh, I haven't. Have seen you that. seen it? Yeah. No, see. Uh, I didn't like that movie. Mm. <laughs> it was. It's. It's a bit weird. It. I don't know. Yeah, it was just a bit weird of a movie that I'm like. Did Matt Damon really need to do this? I, I know he like cares for the environment and stuff, but like I don't know if this is the movie to do it, man. <laughs> Just I don't know. Yeah, that movie downsizing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it. I see. I, I see. thought you were gonna, say, dude. I, I thought you were gonna say like we we bought a zoo or something like that. Which I was. I've been like, dude. That was actually. I like that movie. <laughs> I don't think I seen that one either. Really? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we bought a zoo. And it's actually yeah. Uh, pretty good matt damon movie okay i'll definitely i'll I'll give it a shot if it's streaming somewhere yeah uh well guys if you want to tell us what your least favorite matt damon movie is even if it's just a cameo it could be interstellar spoiler (laughs) alert (laughs) uh 
you know, let us know on Twitter at Weekly Real, or you can email us at our email, right, Gan? Yes. <laughs> What's our email? Electro- electronic mail. Um, oh, oh, not to be confused. Mail. Yeah, not to be confused. They like if we us? had a PO, no, no, no PO box, no, uh, no physical address. Okay. But we have electronic mail, and it's Weekly Real Pod at gmail.com. All right, there you go. Before we get into the Weekly Real Awards, uh, let's take a quick break. Okay, welcome back from the break. And we're going to jump into our Weekly Real Awards and, you know... Man, we when we came up with this idea, the weekly real awards, <laughs> back at all you know before episode one, it's like I wonder how long this will stick. <laughs> you know, also <laughs> I was wondering in the back of my head, I'm like, are we gonna? How are we gonna have to? How are we gonna do this? How is, is Ken gonna go first? Am I gonna go first? Are are we gonna add more awards? You know, just to keep things fresh. And the answer our, to all of that was yes. All of it, yeah, all of it was yes, <laughs> and, and and they're all still here. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> and with that, let's jump into the first award, the I am Groot Award for favorite character. Ken, want to kick off the fiftieth uh, weekly real awards? Well, technically, it's not the fiftieth because I think there was a few episodes, yeah. especially in season one, where we didn't have it, but. Let's the weekly real awards for episode fifty, uh, just to be all technical and stuff on you. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> um, I mean I like can't... forty so far. Or something. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> yeah. uh, but to answer the uh, your question or to hand out my I am Groot award uh, for favorite character. I mean, I think I mentioned it on the double feature. I'm giving it to Tovar, aka Pedro mm. Pascal. I mean, he again basically just goes on full on. Oberyn Martell, dude, his accent, the same mustache, the same hairstyle, <laughs> yep. uh, dude, the way he walked, the way he talked, the, some of the, like his mannerisms, the way, like he, the way he delivered his lines was totally Oberyn Martell, and he was one of my favorite characters of all time in Game of Thrones, so it was, uh, it was a no brainer for me. Ah, pun intended. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. Oh man, spoiler. Dang. Yeah, I agree. Like what that's why I, I was kind of missing him in the the second half of the movie. Yeah. Uh since he was gone for like he was just trying to escape with the freaking black powder and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I did miss him a bit. Needed more of him. I know, exactly. I feel like the the movie would have been better uh with him in it. He could have basically carried the movie just like uh Ryan Reynolds with Red Notice, you know. I felt like he basically carry the movie on his back and i felt like he was already doing that in the first half i love like you said i love how uh i love this dynamic with uh william uh matt damon's character and they played well off of each other mm. i was for my winner i was almost going to give it to matt damon's character but i did feel like you know he's kind of the stereotypical hero so yeah. my favorite character is actually um commander lynn may i like the her story how her uh she gets <laughs> In a way, like her own story, but also gets this dynamic with uh, Matt Damon's character, where they hint at like, oh, a possible uh, romance. romance or whatever. But <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that they don't because like the movie just doesn't like it wouldn't work. <laughs> and the, I'm glad that they didn't force anything. It's just like bang, he's there. But also just 
the fact that it's like, oh, you know, we're we're alike and all that stuff. But then it's like, oh, no, never mind, we're not and all that stuff. Yeah. I like the the journey that the, the those two characters go through together. Yeah, I did like how. Yeah, initially, yeah, they were like, oh, there are differences, obviously, but then they found out there was some common ground, even though they had like different backgrounds and everything. I I did um. I did like some of the dialogue, especially, you know, in the quieter moments when they were uh, especially talking, I guess, uh, in the banquet hall or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to describe it, but you're there. And then some of the stuff was a little cringe, especially when um, she took him out to the wall and basically was calling him like for out for not trusting people or whatever. But I I, I felt like some of the later dialogue uh, later in the movie kind of helped salvage uh, some of like their whole dynamic, just like you said. So I, she was actually my second favorite character. So, yeah, I agree. So it's like, um, yeah, I could definitely see the dial. The dialogue, it's like the worst thing about the the movie. So it's, <laughs> it's hard. It, like when the characters, like they seem good, but they just aren't written well. Or especially her character has to give some pretty like bad uh, expository stuff too. So yeah, yeah, and, and then she uh, plays the unofficial. Um, what do you call it? Translator. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then, you know, it was like one of those where it's like, oh, is she actually translating accurately or trying to play diplomat or, you know, that whole thing. I actually didn't mind that part, um, especially yeah. when she was trying to, uh, I guess, play the diplomatic <laughs> version. Yeah, yeah. I did like that that little dynamic, too. Uh, the next award I want to give out is the Winter Soldier Award. We don't really give this one out too often. Uh, I think we... We created it on the Jackie Chan episode, I think, or the Police Story episode, yeah. uh, and it's for favorite stunt. So obviously, this movie's a little bit different from Police Story. <laughs> there's a lot of um, CGI, but I feel like there's still a lot of practical stuff going on. Uh, what was your favorite stunt of the movie? <laughs> this is kind of a random one. I don't even know if this counts, but <laughs> I'm thinking it's a stunt. Um, it's when. Um, Fresh off of their haircuts, <laughs> both, <laughs> yep. both Matt Damon and uh, and Pedro Pascal are, you know, they're just getting, I guess, a little bit of a hero's welcome, you know, or, you know, at least some gratitude for helping out with that first battle. And, you know, I guess they're talking shit basically to Matt Damon about, you know, him using a primitive uh, weapon or bo- uh, with his bow like the the old version of the bow and he was like oh we're gonna do this cup trick basically and Mm -hmm. not necessarily like the stunt itself which was actually (laughs) kind of obviously unrealistic but and it looked pretty cool and totally cgi'd yeah but the reason why i picked this is because of pedro pascal's like reaction (laughs) dude the yawn right after like dude that was like the biggest yawn that i've seen on screen in a while and then him just wanting to food uh, like food it's like i just want food (laughs) i just want to eat eat. let's get this over with (laughs) and i was like dude uh, it felt like um you know with top guns like oh are we doing this again you know yeah I did like that, dude. <laughs> oh, uh, just a comment about the, his um, Williams trick, pretty much. And he says, like, yeah, toss it, whatever, to, yeah. like, ten hands to the right or whatever he says. <laughs> like, and he shoots it with three bows, right? Like, one to knock it off and then two to, like, land on and stuff. Yeah. I don't get what that first one was for, though. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like... Like, it was just so, such a random arrow to hit it and then... Uh, I don't know. I guess it was like to hit it 
towards the pole, but he yeah. could have easily done the same thing where it's like, like throw it towards the pole and then land it in between the two arrows. So it's like that third arrow. <laughs> I don't it's, know. It's uh, it's that degree of difficulty and. Just uh, actually, I just thought of it just now. I wonder where that first arrow went. I wonder yeah, if I was it thinking... accidentally hit someone. It's like, ah, oh, my knee. <laughs> it's like there was quite a bit of people. They didn't make that much room. Dude, yeah, no, they the did. Thing. There was a lot of people in that banquet hall for sure. <laughs> uh, my favorite stunt, though, I think I, I, I like the I don't know if you would call this favorite stunt because I feel like. I just feel like the camera angles were pretty cool for it, though. Is uh, the blue soldiers, where it's like the obviously they're all females, but then they have to uh, basically put on this harness yeah. and then jump. Down. I just love that one angle of when they're jumping down and they have to like harpoon like the freaking Taute. Yeah, and I was like, dude, that looks pretty sick. That looks pretty like, and it looks real. It's it's like bungee jumping. It's in like bungee jumping stuff. <laughs> I know. At the same time, I'm like. After watching uh, Attack on Titan, they have like a similar thing with, like with walls and stuff. How come they didn't have like with all their weaponry and all that stuff? Why don't they have like a, a battering ram that like smashes down <laughs> instead of rather <laughs> oh, yeah. know, risking all your soldiers just like one by one with like freaking spears? But oh, I know it looks oh. cool. <laughs> or you know how like they had the the balls of fire that they mm. use for what mainly catapult for range attacks. That's cool. But why couldn't they just drop him, <laughs> drop him down, <laughs> just roll it off the, the ledge? It doesn't Done. look cool enough, Ken. <laughs> you have to put your soldiers at risk. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, some of the angles were, thing, but, uh, you know, like it, eventually in, you know, as the scene would play out, I was like, I wonder... If they would actually show Tao Te just like just mauling some of these uh, these girls, and yeah, they did. I was like, ooh, that's yeah, some of that stuff was kind of brutal. I was like, ooh, especially that one girl. Ooh, that yeah. was brutal. Like throughout the throughout the movie, they're like eating people up. I'm like, damn, yeah. they're actually showing it too. So I actually appreciate that how like scary they made the the monster look because let's be honest, like they're they're just like cannon fodder. They're just every like. It's like the Chitari in Avengers, right? There's just a bunch of them, and if you take down the freaking portal, yeah. <laughs> they all like stop working. Yeah, so exactly. Like, <laughs> the, the, the the queen. Once you take out the queen, it's done. Like, I like how it's like they just set it straight up. And it's like, all right, it's that movie anyway, so <laughs> whatever. Exactly. Uh, but I do want to throw out the next award, which is the that shield doesn't belong to you award for most intense scene. So this movie, you know, it's. It has its moments, so I'm curious to which one you gave it to. to. Um, well, easily, um, the winner for that Shield Doesn't Belong to You award is that sec. I, I want to say that's the second big uh, battle sequence where they're battling in the fog. I just thought that even though that whole scene is hella unrealistic, yeah. you know, <laughs> with, I was like, uh, I think I, everything's unrealistic in this movie. That's why it's a legend, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. That you got me there, <laughs> but it, it was it was weird how I was I was still trying to figure out how they were using those arrows so that you can kind of hear, but I didn't understand how that would work. Anyway, but it's like a the, flute attached to a to, or a recorder attached to an arrow. So then when the 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 freaking monsters run around like airs, it's like a whistle, pretty much. I don't know how that would help out. Like, 
like pinpoint where they are though. Yeah, because you can't. Because <laughs> they can't them. see. I know. That's what I'm saying though. But how does how does so I they don't can know. listen? So Matt Damon can listen to where they're coming from. I don't know, but then they they would just be hearing the where the arrows are going, not necessarily where the Taute are, right? Oh, that, I don't know. That, that's why they uh, when they called them for like the whistling arrows or whatever, yeah. they it, it attaches onto the monsters. Oh, and then Matt Damon can hear them. But there are times when you would hear the arrows and they're not attached to anyone, but then you could still hear <laughs> hear the whistles. That's what threw me off a little bit. Uh, I, get, I, I get the logic. Yeah. <laughs> but it's not fully guaranteed. I get it, you know. Yeah, I see. But anyway, but anyway, the reason why I, I digress, I digress. The reason why I picked this scene is because of the sound design. The sound design was actually really well done with the the sound design. I like how they at times like kept it really quiet. You just hear the kind of the ambience and stuff, and then you just hear the whistling arrows. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it had that creepy vibe and. You know, you get the whole Silent Hill vibe with the fog. So, dude, yeah, I w- actually wish there were more scenes like this in the movie. Mm-hmm. Where I get it; it's called the Great Wall. They have to stay at the Great Wall for most of the movie. But I would have liked if there was like they had to travel like into different parts of the Great Wall, where like maybe the terrain's a little bit different. So mm-hmm. you know, this movie just kind of crazy on its own. So I don't know; they could come up with like there's a forest next to the Great Wall or something like that. Yeah. Um, that would make things a little bit more have a little bit more ver- variety in the action rather than like catapults or that's why I liked it when it was like super foggy so it made it it was different uh, right or they could have done a like a rain scene or something Ooh, you know yeah yeah that's true because they because thing- I felt like they could even utilize uh like a night um thing because you remember uh, I mean I talked about the Battle of the Wall in, in Game of Thrones that battle t- basically takes place at night. I could I think they could have used a little bit more night battles, even though it was just more of that. I guess that one scene where the was a general Chow. I think so. Dies, ends up dying. I. Mm-hmm. By the way, that was another nitpick that I didn't like. I didn't like how he just yada yada just died. Yeah, yeah. It's like you don't even get to see him like mauled or anything. He's just like he basically dives in front of her, stabs the the monster with the freaking spear, and then it cuts away. Yeah, it cuts away, and then I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was like, weird. oh. I literally had to rewind that because I thought I missed something. But, yeah, anyway, sorry, little tangent. Uh, my in- most intense scene would be, like, that same scene, but I also did, like, uh, the final battle where Matt Damon is trying to get one of those explosive arrows at the queen, and he just wouldn't get it. <laughs> mm-hmm. and I thought that was super intense, too, just because you would think that Matt Damon's character, you know, it's freaking Matt Damon, would be the one to, like, kill the queen, but then mm-hmm. they actually have to go together, uh, him and um, Commander Lin, and just have to basically do a whole swinging thing. <laughs> yeah. And he has to throw the, the magnet for her to actually get her spear in there. I was like, dang, that's actually pretty cool. I like that. I think that was another reason why I'm like, you, after training her whole life, she can't kill the freaking queen and Matt Damon gets to. Um, I thought that was, it, it was a smart move. Like that she was the one to actually make the final kill than Matt Damon too. Yeah. It, it threw some limit legitimacy um, to uh, obviously her being promoted to, uh, being a general and obviously she was a central character especially for uh, the people on the great wall 
Um, I, I just feel like, uh, I guess the nitpick was, man, I was like, dude, they just made it so much more difficult. I was like, dude, that's so unrealistic. That'll never happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. But yeah, it did look pretty cool, though. <laughs> it did. Uh, and like we mentioned, this movie is filled with a lot of action sequences. Probably that's what the main thing of the movie is. So the la- uh, not the last award, almost the last award. Does anyone want to get out award for best action sequence? So if you had to pick one, uh, which one would you pick, Ken? All right. Well, um, it happens actually near the end. Um, it's mm. when they're kind of underground. It's like a that hallway scene where uh, it looks like there's grates above them, and you just hear those uh, see those Taute just kind of running around and stuff. And then mm. um, obviously, um, what was his name? I always forget his name. Uh, Pen Yong, uh, yeah. the the guy who was called a coward or the told young to go soldier. To, yeah. yeah, that young uh, soldier. You know, he, he kind of gets wounded or whatever, and then they're like, oh, we'll come back for you. Uh, but I did love the fact that, obviously, some Taute just, they enter that hallway space area, and he just ends up basically sacrificing himself so that they can get that Taute um, monster that they captured. Yeah, They can feed him, to you know, so that they can, I guess, kill the queen. So I felt like, he ended up being kind of the hero in this regard, and I, I, I love scenes where there's a an element of sacrifice. So I mean, I know it's a little cliche or whatever, mm-hmm. but it gave him something pretty cool to do, um, and it helped, I guess, win the battle. Yeah, yeah, because just right after that too, strategist uh, Wang or Wang, how do you say it? Well, whatever. It's probably Wang. Uh, Andy Lau's uh, character. Yeah. Um, like sacrificed himself too. I'm like, no. And yeah. it's like, dang. And so I like when, you know, the movie isn't afraid to like kill their characters off. Mm-hmm. And just, especially in a movie like this, it's like, they're not going to get a sequel. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, just go for it, man. Just kill off your characters and have them go out in cool ways. Yeah. That's how I, that's why I also got uh, army of the dead vibes. Cause I was remembering <laughs> some of the sacrifices that some of the uh, characters in that movie kind of did. So still some kind of cringy though, you know? But yeah. Whatever. Sounds about right for the great wall too. <laughs> yeah. I see that. I was, I, it was kind of random, but like how, um, um, the young soldier kind of died too. I was like, Oh, they're just going to leave him there. And then he, I was like, Oh, he died. <laughs> it's yeah. like, right, I know. Right it was a that. roller coaster of emotions. I was like, Oh, he's still alive. <laughs> No, he won't die. Oh, wait, no, he's about to die. Oh, he sacrificed himself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dang, a lot happened in like freaking a minute and a half. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, my winner, though, I think I liked um, when the Great Wall is attacked for the first time. Because yeah. we didn't really get a clear uh, shot of any of the monsters yet. But then you just see like this horde of monsters, like a wave of them, like just charging the wall. It's like, oh, um you know, they, they came earlier, like, they're, how many days, like, two days early? Or was it, like, nine days? I was, like, it was, like, a week, because I think they were anticipating it, it being, like, nine days, but then they were really just two days out. So, it was, like, a week, I think, the difference. Yeah. So, I, I like that that first scene, just because uh, the way they set it up, especially in the beginning, like, Matt Damon kills one of them, but he didn't get a clear look at it yet, so you don't really know what they, like, look like. Um 
and just how they set up like oh everyone's like running towards the wall and they're playing like the drums and then it's like lining up with the actual soundtrack yeah <laughs> I, it's cheesy as hell but i was like all right here we go this is, stuff's about to go down so right. I, I think that that first um great wall action sequence where they're tied up and then they get freed and then we actually get to see a little bit more of their action choreography matt mm-hmm. damon sliding and being hawkeye pretty much oh man that one scene where he's sliding on the chain it it still kind of bugs me because i was like how does that work how did that work out yeah (laughs) i don't know well just and their their choreography between him and uh pedro pascal's character tovar yeah oh their banter a lot of nitpicks (laughs) yeah a lot (laughs) a lot of nitpicks but i'm sure that we'll get the resolution that we need in rotten tomatoes so uh let's guess the rotten tomato score i know this is a guilty pleasure of mine but so i gotta think of like like the critic like the critics would you mm. are up eight to four <laughs> so that's Oof. like double uh you you basically swept me last week in the mcu episode and you are going first once again sir uh just in case you guys don't know uh we don't know we already pre-make our scores so, but we don't know what we're going to guess. So here we go. Run Tomatoes. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, it's still very unnatural that, uh, that I'm, that I'm up this much. This is definitely my biggest lead. Uh, if I have to try to think like a critic and I'm just basing it off of, I guess, eternal finding out that Eternal's got 35. I was like, dude, then it, I feel like this got <laughs> way worse than that. I'm going to say 22. Shoot, 22. I guessed 33. <laughs> oh, shoot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So <laughs> here we go. I'm going to check it. <laughs> I, it's, it's only because Eternals is still fresh in my mind. I was like, 35? How did I get 35? And I was way off. Okay. Here we go, man. I found it. Maybe you should have uh, compared it closer to Eternals because the Great Wall is at 35%. (laughs) Oh, what the heck? No way. (laughs) Yeah, with 238 reviews, the Great Wall is at a tomato meter of 35%. Wow. All right. Yep. There. Well, hey, we we got to add some intrigue, right? There we go, man. <laughs> Apparently, it's not on uh, a lot of people's um, guilty pleasures list because the audience score is 42%. <laughs> That's pretty low for audience score, but, you know, you know I, I would rank it a little higher. Yeah, man. All right, well, it had to happen. I was like, dude, uh, it was already unnatural that I was up by four. So uh, what's the uh, updated score now? Updated score. I closed the gap just a little bit. You are still up eight to five. Uh, next week's going to be big for you. And yeah. we'll obviously get to that a little bit later. Let's finish off the episode with the final award, the I Love You 3000 award. And I am super curious what you're going to rate this movie because I've shown you some good movies, shown you some bad movies. <laughs> so I'm curious where you're going to rate this from 1 to 3000. Okay, well, uh, this is going to sound really bad. It is the worst movie that you've shared with me. but it. But, but, but it isn't the worst movie that I've reviewed in the Weekly Real podcast in what, uh, two plus seasons, almost three seasons now. Mm -hmm. Um, I had to look up my lowest score, which is F9. 
Mm. And I think I rated that 11.67. We're rating this at 11.70. 39%. It's <laughs> higher than F9. I liked it All better right. than, uh, than F9. There you take go. solace in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, man. I understand. Like, I yeah. think the, the now that I watched it again, I could definitely understand why people really don't like this movie. But at the same time, I can see why I like this movie. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> I just I don't know man I have to be kind of stupid about this because I gave freaking High School Musical like an eighty I think. <laughs> hey, you know what? At least you didn't give uh, Army of the Dead a seventy percent. Oh yeah, <laughs> Wait, is that what you gave it? <laughs> I have to look it up. I was like, what the hell was I smoking? Uh, I'm oh, gonna shoot. give The Great Wall a twenty forty out of 3,000. So that's 68%. <laughs> Dude, I almost heard you wrong. I thought you said 2,400. <laughs> yeah, not, 20, not 2,400. I know. <laughs> that's uh, probably I, crazy. I was like, what the? 24. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I have some other guilty pleasures that you would probably score worse than this. So be prepared, be prepared for that in the future. <laughs> Ooh, I know. Yeah. I guess the next guilty pleasure is mine. Uh, that movie is coming up later on, I think this season. And uh, I guess we're saving your next one for season four, aren't we? Hopefully, man. Oh, I know dude. we have some stored up. There's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah. We have a lot of guilty pleasure movies. So, uh, But for next week, what are we going to be talking about once again? Yeah, you know what? Next week, December 13th, uh, which is obviously a Monday when we do release our main show. To quote Doctor Strange in Avengers Infinity War, we're in the endgame now. As we complete our Infinity Saga rewatch with the final two films of Phase 3 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, we will be covering Avengers Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home. So, Jeremy, are you sad that our first franchise series will be finally over. I, I yeah, I'm a bit sad because it's like I love talking about Marvel, but then again, like a lot of people, sometimes you gotta take a break from the superhero stuff. But yeah. I'm glad that we're ending uh, our rewatch with Endgame and Far From Home, two movies that I I feel like I have a lot of thoughts on, mm-hmm. and so there's only gonna be two movies. So uh, hopefully, I I can pour out all my thoughts in. Uh, our final episode for the MCU rewatch. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we we will be able to kind of do a little bit more of a deep dive, deeper dive than we normally would. Because I mean, obviously, we as much as we would love to have like three or four <laughs> hour episodes and cover each movie um, and do the, like the full treatment. Obviously, you know, we don't want to be labeled as a a Marvel podcast, even though we do co- cover a lot of Marvel movies. But at least now that this first franchise is over and you know got us through a lot of episodes where there wasn't a lot of new content uh mm-hmm. at least now it opens it up for other franchises in and you know obviously the mcu is always going to be around so we're going to be covering all of the new movies uh i guess with spider-man no way home and beyond yeah yeah i'm, I'm also seeing this as an appetizer for spider-man mm-hmm. no way home as well so yes exactly and we may have a guest for that episode so stay tuned for that as well all right. Uh, if you want to follow me and uh, keep up with me, what I'm going on throughout the week, you can follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Flicks. Hopefully, I've been trying to work on my stuff, on my, my little project. I haven't been able to get uh, too much done recently, but hopefully uh, more progress will be made. And who knows, maybe I'll t- 
post some teasers or something on Instagram or Twitter. So check for out. Sure. For sure. How about well, you, for me? Oh, for me, um, I, I'm just on social, the show, social medias. Uh, check out my stories. Check out my random tweets. Uh, I'll tweet about anything. Um, and it's at FreeKenA. Uh, both the spelling for mine and Jeremy's handles will be in the episode notes. Cool, cool. So any final thoughts on the Great Wall before we say our final goodbyes for the episode? Hey, no, I'm, I'm actually um, glad that we talked about a movie like this. Uh, I'm actually looking, really looking forward to in about 20 or so episodes. We usually go at, what, every 10 episodes for these mm. guilty pleasure movies. Uh, I'm really looking forward to finding out what the next one is for yours. Because obviously you already know what mine will be. Y'all will just have to stay tuned to, say, uh, to find out what my next guilty pleasure movie will be later on in season three. Mm, yep, yep. So thank you guys uh, for listening to our you know, pretty interesting <laughs> uh, discussion on The Great Wall. Uh, whether this be your uh, first time checking us out or your 50th time checking us out or if you found us through the, the newsreel or whatever, sticking through us, uh, sticking it through with us for, like, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. So yeah. we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time on The Real. <laughs>